Hello listeners, welcome to the latest episode of Switch It, the podcast that dares you to tell Stuart Broad he's missing another test this summer. Broad put West Indies to the sword to take up membership of the exclusive 500 club, as England came from behind to reclaim the Wisden Trophy, meaning the ECB could pat themselves on the back for all of five minutes before turning attention to an ODI series with Ireland starting less than 48 hours later, and tests against Pakistan starting this time next week. The biosecure summer is bubbling along nicely then. But there are no separate squads here, no rest and rotation, as we throw the ball to our top talent time and again. <laughs> like Broad and Anderson, only quite a bit older and with no need for the headbands. We have George DeBell and Mark Butcher on the line and ready to grumble. <laughs> That's a disgraceful George... <laughs> Disgraceful. <laughs> I'm not balding. <laughs> <laughs> this well, is a choice. No, no, I, neither, neither it might I. be a weird. Neither am I. I'm bald. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're I, looking I quite. Um, well, I'm not. What's the word? Brando esque. The lighting is. Uh, well, so Dave, Dave English, the uh, the the bun father, um, has often compared me to uh, to Marlon Brando, uh, mainly when he's trying to get me to play in a cricket match that I don't want to play in. Uh, but yeah, it, it's, it's, it's. I've heard it all before. It's very good lighting. Actually, you also look a bit like Mike Selvey. <laughs> who, who I think looks like Marlon Brando. This isn't how who, you planned it to start, is it, Alan? Who huh? in turn? Huh? Well, no, this, this is not <laughs> what I've got written down at all. And, and, and both of them look like Steve Van Zandt of the, of the E Street Band. So there you go. Something for the Springsteen. Uh, it's all very well you've been rock and rolly, but you're in your hotel room and there isn't a single TV thrown out of the window. Not yet, but they are, attached, they are attached to the wall. At and Rod Bransgrove would be really yeah. annoying. <laughs> <laughs> this has been a apocalypse now for my intro. But um, you're George, you're out of the biosecure environment. Butch, yeah. it's 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 your turn to be swabbed and probed and passed fit for consumption on our TV screens mm. for the next few days. Yeah, I know, I, and I, I've never looked forward to uh, to any of those measures more than I than I do right now. It has to be said. Um, it's I can't, a privilege, can't go into I'm the sure. reasons why, but, but it's it's, uh, it's it's just nice to be out. I so rarely get the chance to go out these days. <laughs> uh, good. Well, it's nice to see that you're out, albeit in. Um, uh, we, we'll 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 come on to uh, the subject. Uh, the, the reason Butch is down at the GS Bowl, uh, Owen Morgan and his world-beating white ball wonders in due course. Um, but let's start with. Another rip-roaring test match uh, that would certainly have had the crowd on their feet, except for, you know, well, the fact there wasn't one. Ten wickets in the match, 62 runs from 45 balls, lots of expansive interviews and knowing winks to camera. Uh, this wasn't so much a broadside as a broad front and back as well. <laughs> Butch, you, you said it might have been worth keeping him in the side. Well, yeah, I mean, I suppose that the selectors could turn around and say, well, there you go. That's exactly why we left him out of the first test. I mean, there's no, there's actually no losing for them in this. Um, and you'd be a real churl to 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 say that they should lose because, um, you know, we, we got we got Stewart's interview as you quite rightly mentioned, which uh, not only was it uh, was it extra points that that probably pushed him over the line for the man of the series award over Ben Stokes, um, but it's also the greatest interview um, whatsoever for uh, for a permanent spot on the Sky sports commentary team um yeah. <laughs> drat and double drat i might say um and uh yeah i mean just he, he bowled he bowled magnificently well i think he's i think he's actually getting better there were signs in the in the winter with the kookaburra on on hard boring old pitches in in south africa that that he'd learned one or two new tricks or at least 
had become more consistent in terms of his in in terms of his um willingness to to persevere with a fuller length trying to get the ball to move a little one way or the other sort of McGrath-esque if you will um and uh you know all of that has, has led to the fact that he's joined an incredibly exclusive club and looks as though he's good for he's good for another 150 more i mean that's the that's the most frightening thing um you know you won't be bowling at the west indies every week at home um under under cloud cover but uh but he's just damn good uh let's 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 not beat around the bush this is not some guy who's kind of got lucky and needs various conditions he's just damn bloody good attitude fitness um willingness to kind of to learn and get better every day and and a nasty streak um, which is not which doesn't sort of pass off as being you know somebody that um somebody that goes around and throws his weight around you've just got a, a competitive um will that he's going to be better than you um what else do you want all, all pretty good uh, ingredients for a, a test bowler. Uh, George, does he get in England's first choice eleven in all conditions, though? <laughs> uh, no, no, not in all conditions. No, he doesn't. But <laughs> yeah, I think it's. Yes, I he does. Well, I think he. Pr- well, they're about to go to Sri Lanka again. Yeah, is he going to play there? I don't know. I I think it's sort of naive to think that there's a best eleven, isn't it? That that is is perfect for all conditions, um, so let's not make this very positive thing that England have options and choices uh, into a negative thing, because a key difference in the series, and there were probably three or four, but a key difference in the series was that West Indies persisted with their three main bowlers throughout, and they looked exhausted. England played their seamers in two games maximum, or bowled them in two games maximum. And uh, they looked fresh and charged through the line. So I thought the word dropped is maybe... Maybe we shouldn't use the word dropped, I include myself in that, as much as we do, because they've just been rested and rotated. But, you know, he is 34. Jimmy Anderson is 38 tomorrow, I think. Um, You have to have one eye on the future. Of course you do. And at the same time, I think there are some pitches where Mark Wood... Ollie Stone, even Joffre, will be the best option. So it's it's not a question that just applies to Stuart Broad. It's a question that applies to Jimmy Anderson. It's a question that applies to Mark Wood, who's a really really good cricketer at the top of his game and doesn't deserve to be left out. So is Stuart Broad in England's starts in England's best eleven for all games? No, I don't think so. I don't think he'll play every game in the Pakistan series, and I don't think he should because. It might rob him. Well, for a start, I just think it, it might end up with him getting injured. So two out of three seems absolutely fine. No, I, I, George, I, I don't disagree with that. All I will say to you is this, as a, as a former professional sportsman, not playing in the first game when everybody is fit and up for selection feels like being dropped no matter how you dress it up. Yeah, and, and it the, probably the, was. What, no, exactly. That's my point. So he's... You, everybody's fit. You're all standing on the starting line at the same place, and he rightly thought that he deserved to be in that first eleven, no matter what was going to happen. In the yeah, that, well, that's fair. But I think that's, he always so that's I think where, he was going to play the second for sure. But that's where that all, that's where that comes from from him, sure. and that's where that would come from from anybody who 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 thought and, who thinks yeah. that they're worth playing in a, in a team. Now and it wasn't the first time because he, obviously he was left out in the Caribbean. Mm. Uh, and which which was a bit surprising, and he was. Well, no, it was a out. ridiculous decision. They lost that one too. 
You see, I, I, I'm going to keep saying <laughs> that there are rights. They lost rights. that one too. I th- th- I'm going to keep saying that there aren't necessarily rights and wrongs in selection, but that mm. one was very surprising. Yeah. But he was left out in the um, uh, first two tests in Sri Lanka. It was reasonable, really, wasn't it? So th- and they are about to go back to Sri Lanka, and then I suspect they'll go to the UAE. Now, he actually has a good record in the UAE. It's because he's a good bowler. Yeah, he's a, yeah he is. Yeah. Yeah. But they, they won't necessarily want to play him and Jimmy Anderson. In well, every game, go forward. See, and that isn't a massive insult. They should if, communicate well, it there. If we were having this conversation about Jimmy Anderson, <laughs> then I'm with you, but not with Stuart Broad. Well, it's just that we, we this, sort of is, need to take the emotion out of it, though. Because... I'm, just not, I'm not emotional about it. I'm just no, I'm, no, giving you're you, I'm giving you a factual... That if we were talking about Jimmy Anderson, I would be I would be with you 100% of the way. Because Jimmy is 38. Is, um, you know... Is, is this the key question then, which, yeah. uh, you know, if um, if anyone in the England ta- attack has sort of become inviolate uh, and Chris Silwood referred to picking their best and that Jimmy uh, Anson was the best of, of um, those options as things stand. Um, I mean, Broad's probably been overshadowed a little bit through most of his career by bowling alongside Anson. He's the second man, second England bowler in within three years to get to five, the 500 wicket mark. And as we'll discover with with the, get onto the windies kim Roach getting to 200 wickets after 24 years was a was a big deal but broad well we've we've had one of those quite recently um but is you know butch do you think that it should be the case that that broad is kind of the default pick uh, and mm. anderson depending on conditions and fitness and so on um cat also gets gets a nod you you know i do yeah <laughs> um, you know I do. I mean, look, the, 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 I, I meant to check this out, but unfortunately, all of the uh, the men in hazmat suits sort of made me a bit late for the start of the uh, the, the podcast. <laughs> but my my feeling is this, and and this is a feeling. So so feel free if you have any statistics to prove me wrong. <laughs> that that Jimmy Anderson of late, and I'm talking the last last couple of seasons, is good for good for wickets first innings. Not so good for Wicket's second innings, if he makes the second innings, that is, um, in very recent times. Um, and that if you're, if you're, you know, the back end, the back end of a Test match in Australia or South Africa, even at a place like Old Trafford, which is as close to to um, those types of conditions as we have in England, you're looking for somebody to get the ball to go up and down from a from an off stump line. You want somebody tall, somebody 85 miles an hour, somebody accurate. And at the moment, that guy is Stuart Broad. Um, that guy is not Jimmy Anderson, um, and that is that's that's my feeling on it. Jimmy 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 is still the best. I mean, listen, he's the he's still the best bowler, swing bowler that we've ever 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 produced, right? But the speeds are on their way on the way south, which is why you know that why he was quite happy not to play anywhere near all three, and. As a, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a relatively as a relatively short fast bowler come those conditions where the, if the ball isn't swinging yes you'll bowl a great line of length yes you'll keep things very very tight but Stuart will do all over all of those things and still take your six wickets so I'm, I, I, I think that the default number one number one guy is Stuart and not Jimmy now and that's and that's just that's just because of the passage of time um, and that's that's my honest view on it I was going to try and pull up uh, those exact numbers to uh, whether uh, they back up your point or not, Butch, but uh, it's going to take me too long for the smooth running. Well, of well, well off the top so, of your... So, where, where were his wickets? Which innings were his wickets in Cape Town? In Cape Town? Uh, first. Was, he took two, 
two in the second innings, two for 23 in the second innings. Uh, he took three for 27 in St. Lucia in the second innings. Uh, he took, f- uh, well, this helps, four for 23 against India at Lords in 2018. But as you were saying, last couple of years, but I mean, there's a, quite a few Northers on this list. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, the last second innings five for was Adelaide with a pink ball in 2017-18. Uh, so yeah, um, that might well have been, it uh, looks like a fairly solid point there. Uh, hastily, hastily checking your homework uh, whilst we record. But um, yeah, I wish I wish I'd had the time to do the homework. But it's just my my <laughs> recollection is lots of noughts for something second innings of the game. And and again, I'm not slagging Jimmy off. I'm just saying it's just kind of what's it's just how how his abilities have kind of become very specific to a certain circumstance in the game. First innings, bit of bit of freshness, etc. Um, and people would say that that's been his entire career. Well, that's nonsense. But it started to become more that way as as time has gone on. I think that's it's all... you know Broad would make the point that he is basically four years younger. Yes. Or, or the uh, and they keep getting categorised together, and that's probably not really sensible. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I thought Anderson was England's best bowler in the first innings at Southampton. Yes, agreed. Uh, I, I mean, it does mention <laughs> this issue with the marks out of 10 I've done for them in the series that mm. it does seem to get a little bit more difficult to go again. Uh, but, you know, what do you expect? Of course we're coming to the end. He's 38 tomorrow. Yeah, of course. But, but that's the but only I, point I, I'm I, making, George. That's the only point yeah. I'm making is it they're becomes, both, more, yeah, it becomes both, more difficult. They're both much nearer the end of the start. It, that needn't be a massive emotional <laughs> statement. It's just common sense. And I think England's big problem was probably communication in the first test. I don't know that they were any he was any more unlucky to be to miss out than Chris Wokes, really. And um they're in a situation with Joffre Archer coming through where they're a, a little bit spoiled for choice. And there's always a balance between now and the future. And uh, I know Chris Silverwood said he picked the best team, but there's no way Don Bess is the best spinner in England today. He's been pitched with an eye to the ashes, and that's he's, completely he's the, he's reasonable. He's the best spinner that they had in their bio bubble at the time. That's... Well, because they'd let Bowen go. But but, it, it, but that's but again, I, you're just disagreeing with me, stating a fact. He, he he was the best one that they had in their bio bubble, not the best well, one we've got. No, well, it, so he said we'll pick the best team, but they they always have to have an eye on the future as well as the present, and and there's nothing unreasonable about that. I'm not criticising it at all. Um, yeah, basically though, Stuart Broad felt aggrieved at being left out, which is a good thing. You want him to feel that way, and he proved his point fantastically eloquently with the way he played. What more could you ask for? And mm. and yeah, you would think he'll play two out of the three tests against Pakistan. He'll probably play the first now, won't he? I would I mean, imagine he'd, he'd play the first one. Be I mean, a ballsy you, you... decision to <laughs> say, um, "Sorry, Stuart, we're going to draft Joe Denley in, and he's going to take the new ball." Yeah, I mean, I mean, look, you know, one of the things that I think they can't afford to do, albeit that England have, have now had three test matches under their belt to get, kind of get themselves going, and that they were always going to be the more vulnerable in the first one, and that was down to the batting more than the bowling, whoever they chose. Um, but if Pakistan get off to a one 0 head start, then they might might find it a hell of a lot more difficult to come back and win that one. So you know, it's it's quite important that they do actually pick their best team for the first one. 
It's a huge advantage though now, having having just played three and they look Absolutely, as if they're yeah. just yeah. up to speed. Some of the batsmen look as if they've just about got the rust out of their system. Mm. It's a huge advantage between poor Pakistan. Uh, but anyway, I mean, great. All the all the thanks we have to West Indies for coming to England at the now extends to Pakistan too. Mm. Indeed, we uh, we spent a lot of time last week talking about England's great all rounders. Ian both and Ricky Clark so on. We didn't mention um, Broad, but uh, but the runs in, in in the first innings that that was a welcome surprise, um, Butch. And, and Broad sort of spoke. He's, he always speaks in great detail about his bowling, but he talked about his batting and kind of trying to emulate Shane Warne in in, in his sort of late career. Yeah, well, I, I remember. I mean, blimey, I'm old enough to have played against Broadie, or Broadie's old enough to have played against me, I should say. Um, and in his in his early days. Um, he, he had that he had that back foot um, punch through mid on that his old man used to such great effect in the in the Ashes back in eighty six eighty seven, but he also would stay slightly leg side of it and flay it you know, um, and you know post twenty fourteen uh, and the blow to the blow to the beak, for some reason he decided that the best way to get himself out of the way was to put himself in the way by diving across to off stump, which always struck me as being a slightly curious. Um, it's a curious method of, of preserving yourself. And so this time he just stayed leg side and, and had a bang at it. Um, and as George uh, pointed out, you know, the West Indies being in their third, third, Gabriel, who looked like he should never have played the second one, let alone, you know, three yeah. on the bounce. He should never have played the second test. One nil up, rest him for the second, have him right for the third. You know, that, that, that makes all the sense in the world. Um, he just didn't have the gas to kind of to put him under the pump. And they'd obviously left out Azari Joseph as well, so they didn't have the other youngster that could uh, could come in and perhaps knock his head off. Um, and and Brody had had fun; he really enjoyed himself. Um, you know, and, and what was that? Three when he ended up three sixty nine, he got sixty two of those um, down the order. That kind of broke that broke the West Indies. There was no coming back from there. We should say, Butch, that you're young enough to have played alongside uh, <laughs> or against Stuart Broad. Yes, um, I mean. George, that innings was kind of the the difference um, between you know we talked about West Indies being dangerous and a low scorer, and if England had been two ninety five all out, um, there was perhaps a, a way back into the game um, with West Indies having chosen to bowl first again, but sort of ballooning to three sixty plus that 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 did seem to break them, and it's fair to say kind of. They seem to be running on empty towards the end of this test after what has been a pretty uh, arduous six, seven, eight weeks for them uh, in these alien conditions. Yeah, there's, well, there's a lot there, but I think they only have managed to score 320 or more once in the last couple of years, and that was in the second innings of Barbados against England. So their top order batting is fragile. Um, it's, just, it's not really good enough. Uh, so, yeah, you're right that... that very, very quick innings from Stuart Broad sped the game away from them. But I thought the crucial partnership, to be honest, or I think there were three century partnerships, weren't there? But the uh, the crucial uh, innings was probably played by Ollie Pope, who for an hour or so, once he got to 30-odd, he had quite a lot of luck getting there, looked absolutely glorious. Just, just fantastic, beautiful. And uh, in the context of that match his innings of 91 was um, extremely valuable uh, and uh, that that took it away from West Indies because once you insert you have to be you have to really take advantage of that because it was always going to be a disadvantage batting last 
Um, you know, Jason Holder is, is obviously a brilliant leader in lots of ways, but he's quite stubborn at times. Um, you know, he must have known after the first time he inserted England in the second <laughs> test, someone must have said to him, no one's ever won here doing that, Jason. And he thought, mm, I'll do it again. Uh, and, and also he must have thought when he saw Shannon Gabriel, because he limped off in the second test as well, yeah? Mm-hmm. He must have thought, maybe I'm putting them through a bit much. And then he picked him again. So I, I do think they erred tactically, but then they probably don't have, if you look at who they would have picked instead, it's quite difficult to replace Shannon Gabriel. And if you were going to arrest him, you'd pick Alzari Joseph. So that wasn't an option. So, you know, it, they were in a difficult position, but they, they have to improve their top order batting if they're going to... Uh, win test matches more consistently and to do that you've got to do all the things that we talked about in English counter cricket you have to improve regional cricket and the pitches and all those sorts of things because there's there there isn't really anybody demanding selection um I'm glad you mentioned Pope uh George uh, you wrote about him being Ian Bell-esque uh, and unfortunately jinxed him with your with your stat about the time it took Bell to score a century without any of his teammates also doing so. Um, although, as you say, this 91 could have been worth more in, in perhaps a world of weighted averages and, and so on. Um, but, uh, Butch, it was good to see Pope uh, get some get some runs and find some form after... Uh, I think he's, he'd managed to score 12 in, th- in three out of his five innings or something like that um, uh, to that point. Uh, yeah. Top score of... <laughs> yeah, no, I, uh, and by all accounts, judging by his... Um, Post day or uh, interviews, that he was starting to fret a little bit, which you know every, nobody else, you know, even George wouldn't have been fretting about him having having ten low scores because uh, because he's just so obviously a class above most other players. Um, so look, I mean, yeah, great great that he scored a few runs, great that he cut, caught a couple of great catches, albeit the one was scratched out um, holder, wasn't it? Off off Wokes. Um, and he's just yeah he's he's the he's the future of England's middle order batting where where he ends up kind of is irrelevant at the moment but he will be there and uh, and deserves to be there for for a good long while. Um, I do, actually think he's probably less he's, he's less Bell and potentially more. No, I'm not going to say it. Shut up! Don't say it. I'm not going to say it. Potentially well, more know. somebody else who plays for India. Um, but but, <laughs> but I'm not going to say it. Who's plays? Potentially a combination of. Of Bradman and Tendulkar, is that what <laughs> Exactly that. Those are exactly the two <laughs> names I was searching for. No, they weren't. But no, he, he's, um, you know, he has, he has, uh, he has in terms of his brain anyway, in terms of the way that he's sort of worked out what he's doing and, and, what, and what the game is all about. He's, he's about seven years ahead of, seven years ahead of where I was um, and where most other English batsmen are. And you think about Strauss or making his debut at 28, etc. Um, he's just, he's just light years ahead. And the only thing that's going to stop him really is a sort of, you know, as if he goes off the rails or, or suddenly finds a hunger for, for, for something else, painting or something instead. Uh, you know, he's he's got it. By Jove, he's got it, the kid. Is is he better, Butch, than Rabs at the same age? Yeah. In what way? I think in his head. I think it is... Karma? Yeah, I think in his, his mind is just is just less... Is just less busy. I think he kind of just understands and has a, and has a. He has an air about him off the field, which is kind of which is extraordinary, really. 
you know, he's got it's, it couples the wide-eyed kind of oh, isn't this great? I can't believe I'm I'm playing in the same team as Jimmy Anderson and Stuart Broad with the sort of I've been doing this forever. It's kind of like it's a day job already, which is extraordinary, uh, absolutely extraordinary. Um, and you know, and I, and I, I hope nothing, I hope nothing spoils it, whether that's from his side or from anywhere else, injury or whatever else. Well, if uh, Ian Bell was the sledgehammer of eternal justice. Hopefully, uh, Ollie Pope will turn out to be the sublime tent mallet or the rock hammer of truth and reconciliation or something uh, similar. Um, George, England for the second match running uh, won uh, with uh, having lost a day to rain. Um, and they, they come back from 1-0 down uh, in a series for the second series running, which apparently no team has ever done in, in test history. Um, I mean, these are encouraging signs for... Joe Root, Chris Silverwood, and, and the gang. Well, I don't know that coming. I mean, I don't know that losing the first test is an encouraging <laughs> sign. I mean, uh, I did see encouraging signs. You know, we've talked about the the bowling dilemma, haven't we? Really, so we know that they have some sort of battery of seamers. That's good. I think also the batting order was starting to come together. You know, I like the look of the openers. I know they won't be to everyone's taste, but they're doing the job of opening batsmen, old school, opening batsmen, ball nipping around. Brilliant. Really like that. England has scored 404 times since Sibley came into the side in November. A couple of years before that, I think they did it once or so. So it's significant. And with those two kind of established uh, in the opening positions, four, five and six also looking very, very established. You're only looking really... For the lower middle order of the tail, um, which sort of looks after itself, and the number three position. Well, Zach Crawley's obviously well, not obviously, but I think Zach Crawley has a has an opportunity now to make that position his own. But if I were a if I were a batsman in county cricket in the Bob Willis Trophy, just starting, I would be asking to bat at number three or in the top three for my county, uh, because that I think is the. Um, the best way to get an England call up. So if you're Joe Clark, if you're Sam Northeast, you know, if you're all these Joe Deadly, uh that that I think would be the place <laughs> to bat. You've got to bat three. Or in the top three anyway. Um Zach Crawley obviously missed out in this game, Butch, because uh, England had some doubts over Ben Stokes' ability to yeah. Uh, bowl his overs and they played the four seamers as well as the spinner yeah um we're we're, we're a week out from um old trafford uh, the third old trafford test of the summer um and, and pakistan the opposition mm. and, and we you know we don't know exactly what conditions will be like and and all that but what, what what's your sort of feeling on the way that england will uh will they go back to fielding uh sort of stokes as part of four-man attack with with the spinner um and and if so who should make the cut? I mean, Stuart Broad, obviously a given, but <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I mean, I was I was surprised. I hadn't really, I hadn't computed that that they might leave out a batsman to to play an extra seamer and keep the spinner, um, particularly given you know the, the 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 way they've happily not played a spinner in New Zealand and in the last Test match in uh, in uh, in Johannesburg at the Wanderers. Um, 
so I'm, I'm happy. Yeah, he didn't do too much, Don. No, no, so. but, I, but that's not a problem. That's no, that's no. Issue. Although that run out on the final day. Well, there you go. I mean, that's no different from a, from a batsman who makes less than less than ten runs in a Test match. Is it? It's kind of that happens from time to time. Lovely, nice to have the option. You're not to know that the West Indies are going to get bowled out in 35 overs. You know, that's. And remember, West Indies played two spinners. And that yeah. that pitch that pitch turns. It does. So, yeah. I think they had to play a spinner. I mean. It, yeah, that's absolutely. a silly thing to so, say in uh, retrospect, we have, but I, I'm not criticising them for that. No, I have no... I, well, you know, I would have criticised them if they hadn't, even if they'd won the Test <laughs> match. I would have, because it's just not... It's a nonsense. It, it's a nonsense. Yeah. I hate it. And if you, if, you have, if you have the room in terms of with all the all-rounders you've got, then you bloody play a spinner. And they did. Great. Um, so, if go, going to Pakistan, I still think that sort of the, the, the order looked a tiny bit light. Bearing in mind, you're going to have to leave out one of... Um, one of Wokes, one of Archer, one of Anderson to get the to get the other batsman back in again. Provided that Stokes, of course, is, is back bowling. If he's not, then they'll probably keep it the same and 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 pray that you know the top order doesn't get blown away by some left arm magic from from Pakistan. Mm. Um, so you know, I, I'd imagine that Crawley would probably come back in at number three, and things would go back to largely how they looked in uh, in the second Test match. And George, in that case, would it be uh, forever unlucky Chris Wokes that missed out, or or of England will England realise what they've got there? I think they'd realise what they've got. Yeah, I, I do. Yeah, I, I I really stand in by that George Harrison comparison. I think that's exactly right. <laughs> well, and I love George. I really do. Of course you do. Anyone he's named fantastic. George? Anyone George, named George? George Harrison she is said. obviously a fantastic songwriter and musician. Yes. Uh, you know he wrote. Some of their most beautiful songs. Yeah, but something. Here comes the sun. She said, "Yeah, ah, oh, just come on, my sweet He's... lords." Yeah, yeah. Uh, and all those. So while, while my guitar gently sweeps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Let's let's yeah. not do yeah. this because <laughs> we could be a while. <laughs> Got my mind set on you, <laughs> Eunice Khan. I don't know. Um... <laughs> what can I think of? So I think they'll re- they'll rest and rotate, and even Jofra, <clears throat> even Jofra will come under a bit of pressure for his place, I guess, during this series. Uh, for what it's worth, I-, I would probably give Jofra the new ball in the next game. I think uh, he looked to me as if he needs a bit of love, and he's worth the investment. So uh, they, they, yeah, I, they. I thought they, you were going to say he, he's Ringo, and uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that's that would be the logic of what I'm saying, but he's not Ringo, is he? <laughs> I think if you have seen him, I'm having nothing said against Ringo Starr either. You find me a drummer. You find me a drummer good, to play good, those yeah. play those songs better than they were played. Go on. No, go I, on. I, listen. I'm I'm not having to go at Ringo Starr. Either. He was <laughs> the luckiest man in the entire 20th century, <laughs> and he would probably agree. Butch, one day I'll tell you about the time I played with Pete Best. Did you? Did you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's sensational. Well, I'll do it now. He, he's <laughs> the Jake Ball of England cricket, isn't Poor he? Lad. Poor lad. <laughs> oh, Maybe, look, anyway. look what you could have won. Yeah, yeah, that came up. That came up in conversation. <laughs> he did all right. He, he seemed, he seemed <clears> like quite a nice man, to be fair. They I'm sorted sure. him out. Sanguine, I, I, I suspect. <clears throat> yeah, what was the name of the guy who was the drummer for the one tour in Australia? Oof. Was it Chris know. Wokes? 
Because that's, that's, that's basically James Vince at the World Cup, isn't it? One tour in Australia. <laughs> Do you not remember? Ringo had something like laryngitis or something, you know, glandular fever or something. Yeah. And well, I'm not saying, do you remember? You were, you know. But um, <laughs> and they replaced him, and I can't remember his name, but I normally can. Anyway. Okay, sorry. Where were we? If the audience guy, yeah. were 40 years older. <laughs> <laughs> and not all in India somewhere. <laughs> yeah, not all in India. This would be brilliant. <laughs> which, which which of them is going to uh, be ejected from the foursome in order to play drums in the Beatles? That's the question we were at. Well, that I mean, when Zach. <laughs> well, it's 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 not. I I don't even know that there are only four of them because again, you're overlooking Mark Wood, uh, and the whispers were when I left yesterday. There was a fair chance Mark Wood might come in for the next game at Manchester because they're expecting the pitch to be a wee bit quicker. I don't know. I think. I, I think Mark Wood is uh, appallingly underrated. So, uh, you know, have, having seen him bowl the quickest I've seen anyone bowl for England, the spell in St Lucia, the how he bowled in South Africa recently, and even, you know, in that first test in Southampton, he didn't bowl badly. And he was bowling as many 90 mile an hour balls in his 22nd over, or whatever it was, as he managed in his first. So it's a fantastic mm-hmm. thing that they have all these options. And really what they should do is they should look at the pitch on the morning of the game and they should make a decision to pick the side that they think is going to be best. And it might be that Jimmy Anderson doesn't make it. It might be that Stuart Broad, I'm sure Stuart Broad, shouldn't play more than two tests in that series. None of them should. There's just no need. And, um, yeah, it, it, let's not turn this into a negative situation. No, I'll tell, tell you one thing. Brilliant. Though, George, that, that, England's England's greatest asset and England's greatest chance of being, um, you know, an Ashes winning side down under is Mark Wood. And well, well and, Mark and, Wood, Ollie Stone, Joffrey and, Archer, and yeah, and uh, on the subcontinent as well. I'm, see, the thing is, I'm not that fussed about Mark Wood in England. I think we have better options. That's than completely reasonable. So that's why I said <clears> it depends on the pitch. But yeah, when, when you said earlier, mm. shoot broad, shoot broad, shoot broad gets yeah. in, and, and you know. Well, you know, if you're picking Mark Wood and you're picking Jofra, other people have to miss out. For sure, yeah. But I, I mean, Jofra, and it might Jofra, be Stuart Broad because it Jofra might well still be. has an enormous, enormous amount to learn. You know, listen. Yeah. If England, when England, yeah. when England do, you know, do eventually get to the Ashes, the chances, the chances are that England's attack might look um, very similar in terms of they, they might go three seamers, Stokes as a fourth, and and a spin bowler. Right, which kind of yeah. gives you, which gives you plenty of options to to go. I don't think Jimmy's going to make it to the Ashes. That's just my my feeling. Um, I think that'll be a, a bridge too far for him. But I think Stuart will, and as the and as the senior guy, he needs to be there because Joffre still has an enormous amount to learn. Incredibly talented, but still has an incredible amount to learn in terms of in terms of Test cricket. Um, Mark Wood is your is your absolute wild card. He's your Simon Jones, and you and you'd have him in for as long as he stays fit to, to be there. Um, and then and then you have Chris Wokes, whose game I think, and this will please you, um, improved incredibly um, with the Kookaburra down in in South Africa. So do I. I'm so glad that other people noticed. Yeah, because something actually. Yeah, it the was numbers in New are Zealand. massively against him at the moment. I mean, they they look horrific, but they look horrific. Not, at- but it's not. But it. But that doesn't tell you the story. So the difference he, is that he you stayed up all night and watched it. it. <laughs> yeah, so that's exactly right. So I, mm. I think it was with Darren Goff. The conversation with Darren Goff. He deserves a lot of credit. Mm. So Dar- Darren Goff. 
It doesn't sound terribly complicated, but he's you basically said, hitting the pitch faster. harder. Yes, yes. Just hit the bloody pitch as yeah. hard as you can. Whack it. It's, not, it's, it's what bowlers have done for bloody years. Yeah. But he, you can understand why you wouldn't. Um, and anyway, the harder he hits the pitch, the more chance he's got of getting a wee bit of movement. And uh, yeah. I don't know if you remember, he on the flattest pitch in the world, he got mm. Kay Williamson nicking off in Hamilton. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty big wicket, yeah. That's yeah, a, that's a good yeah. wicket. And he, he so bowled, I completely he agree. Quick, he, he bowled quickly there. He bowled quickly. But you know, he was eighty-five miles an hour, pretty much consistently through through the winter. He's um, got to be looked after. That knee is not great for sure. And and they will have to they'll have to do their rotation thing. I, I agree with you, but I just but think in, I think go, the daddy I think the daddy is, and the daddy will be by the time we get that far down the track is going to be Stuart, and therefore you know he, he might well be, yeah. But all I'd say is, before that, I think they'll probably play the UAE this winter. They'll, mm. they'll play, I think. If they play their five tests in India, in the UAE, they're going to play at least two spinners, yeah? Mm-hmm. So they have to drop another seamer. You've got Stokes maybe as third seamer. Wood and Jofra, I don't know. I mean, that seems... It seems perfectly, it seems perfectly adequate if you've got two, two spin bowlers you can rely on. If you've got two, which is exactly you know, around. England when England won under Duncan Fletcher all those all those years ago, the bowling attack was Goff Caddick. So you have a so you have a, a quick slingy skiddy reverse swingy one and a big tall hit the pitchy one in Caddick. Craig White as your all rounder to bowl the odd spell of, of cutters and bouncers and the spinners did the rest. And that's and there is your template for for winning um, on on dust bowls down there. But they were probably you know it was a richer age of oh of course yeah I mean it was Giles and Giles and Croft wasn't it and just, just on that played butch, a lot of cricket on that butch mm. if Andy Caddick had had central contracts how many wickets could he have taken thousands yeah I mean really he could he could really? potentially have done the five hundred thing couldn't yeah he? potentially yeah. I don't know. Cause... He very rarely got injured. He had the the shin splints thing, didn't he? That, yeah, that he was did. very very painful. Well, a lot but the man bowled, 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 bowled millions of overs for Somerset at Taunton, um, and yeah, I mean, you see, as great as as great a bowler as he was, and as good a bloke as he was, actually, he's you know slightly awkward perhaps socially, but he's a he's a really decent bloke. I always loved Caddy. Um, he always felt that he was a game away from being dropped. He always did. He always thought that people loved Goffey more than him, and that he was kind of he was that he was the trap door was going to open underneath it. Pretty and sure he was dropped after a fiver in the yeah. Caribbean. Uh, yeah. People have to check that, but not many bowlers are dropped yeah. after a fiver. I mean, him, him, and Dev similarly. Actually, Devon was ah. kind of you know all of the stuff that we've been watching from the Sky Archive about you know Devon's career. Um, you know, imagine how how much more he would have been appreciated had he known he was going to be around the whole time, had he not been worried about the trap door opening. And that's just, you know, that's just the story of that whole that whole era. But yeah, Caddy would have been awesome. Of course he would. Uh, on the subject of Devon Malcolm, it brings to mind a, a great stat that I saw Nasher tweeting over the past few days. Stuart Broad obviously left out the first test of the series, comes back, wins player of the series. Devon Malcolm in 1994 uh, only played one test, the third test against South Africa, and was England's player of the series. But that, that tells you more about the era than anything. Um, I just want to correct you, Butch, as well. Stuart's not the daddy. That's Chris. Um, now... Wind, Windy's uh, the Windy's oh, kind of run out of steam. My Wi-Fi's gone. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the, the Windy's uh, great credit to them for coming over, um, and some of the decision making we've we've touched on kind of uh, understandable in a way. Jason Holders uh, didn't perhaps uh, wasn't able to trust his batsman. Um, the, the pace attack we knew about. Um, 
But uh, George, a word on on Kimar Roach uh, and the achievement that uh, uh, he made with getting to that two hundred wicket mark, the first since Kirtley Ambrose uh, way well, back in, in nineteen ninety four. It's obviously a terrific achievement, and uh, he is part of that heritage of really, really wonderful Caribbean fast bowlers. It, it, what's impressive about him is he's had to completely reinvent himself. Um, he he was properly fast. And he had a, a really terrific bouncer. And uh, he's lost a wee bit of pace, as lots of people do. And he's more than compensated with skills. And there's a bit of broad there, too, in that obviously completely different bowlers. But uh, maybe since broad lost a wee bit of pace, he has been less quick to revert to his bouncer. And uh, because he doesn't revert to that, because he knew he needed to learn new tricks, he's become terrifically skillful. And there's a bit of that with Kibar. And, um, uh, he's led that attack through some really tricky days. He has, um, in the last couple of years, got a bit fitter, so he can keep coming back for spell after spell. He played all three tests. He was terribly unlucky, really. Uh, and if he had uh, better fielders, I'm sure his figures would be better still. But, um, you know, he's not going to be remembered like Marshall or Garner, but he might end up with more wickets than Garner. Um, and, uh, he, he, you know, he is... As I say, in the line of those terrific Barbadian fast bowlers, and uh, yeah, he 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 was a a, a great a great asset to Jason Holder all all series. Butch George mentions uh, kind of uh, maybe not using the bouncer so much uh, these days with you know pace dropping and so on, but we did see him uh, using it to to good effect and using that sort of fast bowler's brain in that in the dismissal of Ben Stokes in the first innings, which was a, a, a pretty uh, pretty special one given Stokes's importance uh, and his performance in the previous test. Yeah, I mean, he's <clears throat> he's a he's a really good bowler, isn't he? I mean, he's, he's quick enough. The batsmen know they can. Uh... They can be hit on the head by him, but he he keeps it he keeps it well hidden basically. Um, I, and I can sort of vouch for uh, from uh, from days at the crease where I'd almost want the bumper to come early. You know, you want to you want to get get one, get underneath it, or, or play it or whatever, just so that you've seen it. And so uh, it, it's never a bad thing to sort of uh, to keep it behind as some sort of ninja skill. <clears throat> um, that it's on its way and, and you don't show it too often. And then when you do, you make it a heavy one. Um, and, you know, he's, he's a class act, isn't he, Kemar Roach? He's kind of, um, he, he would have played, <clears throat> he'd have played Kenny or Winston Benjamin, wouldn't he, back in the old days? He probably would have been first change. But um, he's, a, he's, a, he's a proper leader of the line and a proper bowler. Smart. Um, and and has, got, has got the skill to swing it both ways, do a bit of this, bit of that. And uh, 26 years. Isn't it? It's been 26 years since Kirtley went past 200. I mean, that's just that's incredible. I'm just thinking um, if there were there were other guys who probably <clears throat> should have done it had they been looked after better. There, there, there actually are, aren't there? there so, yeah, potentially one or two. <clears throat> I mean, they reckon Corey Collimore might have been one of those one of those guys back in the day. He had genuine pace and was kind of smart, <laughs> but bad back uh, well, back problems. I mean, Fidel, one of Roach's so, you know, mentors, he, I think, wasn't he? Yeah, if you, you imagine sort of somebody like Fidel Edwards, um, with the unusual nature of that action and the speed, cheapest. I mean, he was he was <laughs> properly quick. Um, you know, again, injuries perhaps, but also selection has been has, has not been a strong point for the West Indies over over a very long period of time. Um, you know, guys like Tino Best, etc. 
make of Gino what you will, but for the, he had pace and he had heart. Um, but he always felt as though he was going to be the next one out the door too. So there's a there's a whole story there of um, you know the sort of inconsistencies that that that, that English cricket knows all, only too well have kind of gone with the West Indies too over a period of twenty years, twenty five years, um, and that's not helped. But it, it does seem incredible that a, that a nation that's still I mean you go over there and you, and you see any sort of um, any of their their first class cricket that it's just it, they have guys who bowl fast. They just have people who bowl fast. It's not a. It's not an unusual thing, um, and for none of them since Kirtley Ambrose to have passed two hundred wickets for twenty six years is absolutely incredible. I thought Jerome Taylor was the one who probably mm. stood out, but yeah, Fidel. <clears throat> Fidel's still kind of amazing, but he he went through a period of only being able to bowl four over spells, didn't he? Because mm. his knees were broken. But yeah, uh, when you go back to the period where. Um, Oh Lord, uh, what's his Franklin name? Franklin Rose was another one, wasn't he? Remember Franklin? Yeah, yeah. Was played, he as quick as those guys? in two thousand, didn't he? Uh, mm. Rion King. Rion King. <laughs> Ezra Mosley back up to to Courtney. Yeah. What Ezra? Ezra, Ezra Mosley played two tests for West Indies, and if he had played now, I mean, he'd just cleaned up, wouldn't he? Oh, he'd, he'd have played well, millions at the IPL. He, he's my he's my sort of my mind's eye. He, he's the first time I saw Jofra. Yeah, six years ago, he was the guy that I that I thought of just exactly me, me yeah. too. Uh, yeah. Had the most perfect action. And look, I mean, I guess I only saw him bowl a few times. Yeah, I mean, he played in counter cricket a bit, but he, I think he only played two tests. He was the guy who broke Gucci's hand, of yeah. course. Yeah, and he just had absolutely everything. Mm. But I think he coached Jofra. Right. Okay. Is he not West Indies or Barbados's women's team coach now? I think so. He's he's still involved. Um, I tried to it talk might to be him the about women's him. women's coach actually. Yeah. So um, he was wonderfully skillful. But I think he did. He go on a rebel tour. That would. That oh, would I need to check that book out. Is there? A, is it a book or a movie about? It's a book, isn't it? About the uh, yeah. the fate of the uh, the West the Indies Unforgiven. South Africa. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah. That might. I might. I might break my rule and and read a cricket book. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a very good rule to have. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, yeah, prop, props to Kimar uh, and to the West Indies. Uh, it's been a, a thoroughly enjoyable series. Um, quick change of gear. No time for any sighters in the nets. England's ODI team are back in action on Thursday for the first time in this country since that whole World Cup thing, you might remember. Lords, close finish. Then Stokes was good. Um the, the significance beyond just getting a game on here, um, Butch, Ireland over in, in the in the bio bubble and all that, but it's the start of the World Cup Super League as well. Oh, yes. I'd forgotten all about the World Cup Super League. <laughs> um, well, I mean, that's, that's, a really, that's a great development. I mean, I'm sure it's something that George has been shouting about for forever and ever and a day. Um, but, it, but it always struck me as, as totally bizarre that you would play sort of bilateral... Um, 50 over series that that mean nothing at all really don't mean it have no context whatsoever people crying out for context in test matches where i've always thought the only context in a test match was the five days you were watching but not wanting it in in 50 over cricket was always bizarre to me so that's it's a great development um you know the fact that ireland get three tests boy have they if they worked hard to get themselves to that position um, you can talk about the merits of them having test status um, all you want, but the, the, but this is what they deserve 
um, absolutely, in terms of their 50-over cricket. They deserve to, to sit at the top table and have series that mean something against the, against the, big, against the big boys. And um, I'm, I'm all for it, absolutely all for it. And George, it's quite uh, sort of uh, potentially feisty uh, encounter with you know the England, the world champions, um, Ireland. It's fair to say one of the lower ranked teams in the World Cup Super League, but uh, you know coming over here and uh, attempting to cause an upset and and against an England team that isn't full strength, um, although they are spoilt for choice with with the backup. It seems. Oh, they're nowhere near full strength, of course. I mean, Ireland, I don't think are quite at full strength either. To be fair. Uh... I don't think I don't see it as being especially feisty, to be honest. Uh, th- there's incentive for both sides, and that I guess is well. That's definitely good. Um, I think it's a step in the direction, the uh, right direction. I, personally, I'd still prefer the World Cup to be slightly bigger, just. But um, you know, at least there is uh, something to play for, and uh, it means that England have to take it very seriously as well, because. Um, it's uh, the top eight or well, seven and India, but you think India would be in the top eight, wouldn't you? Uh, nations uh, are going to get through automatically. So, you, you know, someone's going to miss out. Someone's going to have some very awkward uh, games. Uh, I, I think England have missed an opportunity in their selection. Uh, I think uh, picking a 34-year-old when we're three and a half years away from the next World Cup is extraordinary. When there is a 25-year-old averaging more in list A cricket than anyone who's ever played the game. So... Um, ah, wait, are we talking about... Uh, Joe Denley. Yeah, Joe Denley, yeah. <laughs> Joe Denley and... I mean, the Joe Denley thing is, is becoming extraordinary. Mm. The, the, we have a situation where the chairman of selectors, well, the, the national selector clearly favours him, uh, sees something in him that no one else does. That's not to say Joe Denley's not a decent player, but he is... Say so again, thirty-four and with the start of a new cycle. Liam Plunkett was has been let go. I know he's a seamer, it's a bit different, but he was let go having performed sterling work in the World Cup throughout yeah. because they're looking at the next cycle. Um there doesn't really seem to be a cat and hell's chance of Joe Deadly displacing what? Joe Root? I mean, come on now. Uh, you know, all these guys come back into the side. So why not have the opportunity? to see what a young guy could do, get him involved in the squad, get him involved in the environment. It's just a missed opportunity. I know he missed out in the warm-up games, but are we Who really are you talking so... about? Sam Hayne? Well, Sam Hayne, but yeah, yeah, to be yeah. honest, I think there's a few. I, I don't mind... Well, um... yeah. if we um, look at some of the players that have selected, uh, Joe Denley, James Vince, Sam Billings, um, Phil Salt overlooked, Liam Livingston overlooked, yeah, Sam Hayne, um, and... Is is that uh, really an error, uh, Butch, uh, to be kind of passing up on some of these guys at this stage? Well, yeah, I mean, as, as George says, it doesn't make any sense, does it? You've got to, the, the next thing, the next big thing for 50 over cricket is the next World Cup. Anybody the wrong side of 32 is unlikely to make it. So what are you doing? There's just, there's just no point. Well, they're um, going to say they're keeping an eye on the World T20, sorry, the T20 World Cup. As but, it's it, but, he won't, but he won't make that. I mean, people have been saying that right. they should leave Joe Root out for the World T20. So you, you, you're going to take so you're, Joe Tenley so... and not Joe Root? Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just, it's just daft. Daftness. I, I thought they missed an opportunity as well with uh, Lawrence 
uh, in the first test of the series, you know, they picked Denley then. I, I, I thought we all came to conclusions at the end of South Africa. Personally, yeah, I, I mean, for, I, I, underst- I understood that. I understood that just because nobody had played. And, like, and as I said on the, the first one of these that we did in the run-up to this series, I said that if, if, if there'd been any cricket at all, Joe Denley wouldn't be anywhere near playing in that first test match. But, so why why pick no 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 I'm just because no one had no one had had the chance to, to sort of to make a case for knocking him out of the side I'm not well, saying he, that that's he, I'm he not saying a that's, pretty compelling case himself I'm not saying that that's right I'm just saying that, mm. that, that well I, I think I, that's, that, you're you. right that's the that's the logic that was the logic but, and I'm with you yeah. that, that I'd, I'd pretty much no no I'd absolutely written off that he would not play again after the last test at the Wanderers and I think he had too, to be perfectly honest with you. I mean, you know, in being in the in that dressing room environment at the end of it, you know, he I think he knew that it was that was the last time he was going to play. So it probably came as as much a surprise to him as it did to you. Now, to, um, be, to be fair to Deadly, he's got fifties at his last two ODIs. I'm not saying he's a bad player. Of course, he they're no, all he's not. good. We players. just we have better. That's all. Well, we have better, and by the time of the World Cup, with the future. you know, yeah. <laughs> I know. So anyway, I, I find it a, a bit strange, but. Uh, I was quite pleased to see Vince and Billings back, if I'm honest. Uh, I still think Vince is an unusually talented guy. Um, and uh, Billings, I think so. he's definitely a bit lucky because I think we all thought after the last series or so that, you know, that might be it. Mm. But he's got, he probably really ha- does have one more opportunity. You yeah. can see where they like him. I mean, listen, at any other time, um, you know, don't forget that Alex Hales is nowhere near. The, the squad at the moment. So any other time, somebody like James Vince would have would have would have been sort of first name on the sheet for for fifty over cricket. But at the moment, we have a, a, an embarrassment of riches and Besto Roy Hale's not even in the squad. Um, you know, James Vince is always going to be playing playing second, third, fourth banana to to those guys in front of him at the moment, and that's just the way it is. I think Morgan said today that this was um, in his time in being involved. This was the uh, the depth of talent was at its greatest um, for England in, in white ball cricket. Oh, we should um, just we should talk about Topley, shouldn't we? How I was going to say oh, it's sorry. good to see good, good to see uh, uh, not a batsman, but uh, good to see Reese Topley back in after yeah. yeah, like four years I think since his last cap. Yeah, it's an incredible absolutely. story. I mean, he's had five stress fractures. Um, on operation two years ago yesterday, I think it was. Um, it, it's and and you, you can see where they like him. I mean, he he does look a really really talented bowler, left arm tall, swing, decent pace. I just I mean, I think everyone watching will be hope he doesn't break because, I mean, God, how much more punishment can the fella take? <laughs> so uh, I I've nothing but admiration for his resilience and. Um, yeah, I just hope he gets a few years of the sun now without any aches and pains. He really deserves it. Nicely, David Willey back too. Because David Willey wasn't mm. wrong. wasn't the wrong decision to leave him out of the World no. Cup squad. But it was brutal. Um, you know, Joffre came in and Joffre's special. And, and Joffre helped with the World Cup. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Actually, funny but, enough, but I would, I would have gone out. for... Uh, Willey would have stayed in for me. In that, in instead that of Curran. Instead of Curran, yeah. Just yep. for a point of difference. Um, but anyway, you know that's those are the margins. But it it was one hundred it was one hundred percent the right call. I've had no no question about that. Um, but I was going to say that the other thing is, is that that there is a spot open, isn't there? In the the number one fifty over side, you've already mentioned him, Liam Plunkett. There is a role to be filled there, and um, you know both both Topley, Willie, um, Sakib maybe. I mean, it's going to be difficult because a lot of these guys are used to taking new balls, aren't they? Um, 
Liam Plunkett was the was the was the man for sort of fifteen overs and, and onwards. Um, but there is a role there. There's a gaping hole there for for Owen Morgan to fill, and uh, and somebody's going to have to do it. Indeed. Um, quick look at Ireland. Four men from the 2011 World Cup win in uh, Bangalore are in the squad. In fact, six in the in the whole in the sort of party uh, as a whole. The squad for 14 man squad for the first game. Will Portfield, Paul Sterling, Kevin O'Brien, and Boyd Rankin all there. Um, there are Butch some other younger faces as well. A couple of uncapped guys. Uh, Curtis Campher played for uh, South Africa under 19s. Harry Tector has, has sort of been highly rated in T20s. Yeah. Um, and Tucker, Gareth Delaney, a few names that people um, may not know too much about. But I mean, it kind of tells you about where they are in their development. That there are still some of those 2011 old stages. Um, uh, hanging on in there for sure. No Tim Murta though, so a lot of England's batsmen can um, can rest easy. Um, yeah, tectonic plates up there at opening the batting as well. I mean, the, the one guy who's, who's perhaps an interesting um, story for Ireland is um, is, is uh, Bal Burney, who kind of has mm, been around yeah. forever, but has suddenly become prolific in the last two, uh, two or three years. Um, and then the captain now, of course. Yes, indeed. Um, you know, Ian Porterfield, Porterfield is still um, William Porterfield. Sorry, still a, still in the side. Um, still kind of productivity is perhaps not as, as as wild as you'd imagine from somebody who's played as much as he has. So they've got a bit of experience in there to go along with the with the young charges. But the, I, I just see their job as get becoming more and more difficult the whole time. Ireland with the you know with the the, the, um, the lack of the lack of a finishing school that was that was county cricket for them. Um, it becomes really, really tough, and they do have they have a positive in that. I saw Balbirnie talking about it himself, talking about um, you know how that they they now everything they do is as a squad. They all prepare together. They don't just have people flying in and out for the odd game as they used to back in the day when when more than half the team was was playing county cricket. But I just I still think that the sort of like the um, the, the, the value of those those guys um, playing their trade in England is something that is going to be missed. Um, however. England, as always, when they play against Ireland, albeit that it's a three-match series this time, it kind of gives them a bit of leeway to, to mess up. Um, but the, the jeopardy is all England's always. I was, I, I've stopped. I don't want to use the word pressure because that's just nonsense. There, should, there shouldn't be any pressure, but the jeopardy is all England's. And it's worth um, saying, isn't it, that right before the World Cup, um, Ireland should have won that game. Very, very cold game in Dublin, mm, uh, yeah. where it needed a bit of a miracle. Ben Folks. Uh, was player of the match and he and he saved the the, uh, the England run chase there. So, you know, who knows? Who? All I would say it was Ben Folks was player. Oh, of the Ben Folks, yeah, that guy. Um, yeah, <laughs> player of the match in his only ODI appearance, like Kid Barnett. Little bit of trivia for you there. I, my worry with Ireland would be that they they haven't really made the transition from some of those guys, and there's quite a lot of old fellas. I think. Uh, mm. Well, relative. Kevin O'Brien's thirty six. I think Boyd Rankin would be about thirty six or so as well, wouldn't he? William Porterfield would be thirty five or so. Yeah. At some stage, that incredible uh, legacy they've had from those guys who sort of gave them the first flush of excitement uh, in international cricket, in a way, um, they have to move on and, and find other people, and that hasn't really happened in the two thousand and fifteen World Cup. The Seam bowling was, I mean, just innocuous in extreme. And uh, they actually 
did very well to get through games sometimes because the bowling was horrific. So it doesn't seem that they have any particularly great answers there. But, you know, no. well, see, a lot of those guys have been hanging around for a long time without really kicking on, uh, like Young. Uh, so I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what happens. I think it was, was it Josh Little who uh, made them? Mm, left bowled, army, yeah. almost bowled England out I mean yeah. he, he looked hard right. and that was it, Mark but, Adair as well who was another, well, he's another not playing. The, the heroes of, of Lords yeah I mean he's a good player but he's not mm. playing he's uh, not he's, I don't think yeah, he's fully fit he's, so that's, a, he's that's in, a big loss he's in the, the expanded in the, group thing but not, oh, in the, okay. not in the 14 man squad for ah, the first I see, I see. ODI I knew he was which here. I think they're going to they're going to name a squad for each one okay um, yeah uh, and and I suppose the the reports from the Lions game were were somewhat uh, ominous uh, in the way that they knocked them over uh, seven wickets I think it was, um, but we've reached mention of Kim Barnett so I think that's pretty much time to wrap things up. Um, cricket is well and truly back, cause for broad smiles all round. It's now over to the Aegeus Bowl for some midsummer murdering of the white ball, and then on to tests and T20Is against Pakistan potentially to be followed by the wafer-thin mint of an Australia tour. <laughs> I hope you're all hungry. <laughs> uh, my, my thanks, as always, to George and Butch, uh, and to you all for listening. Uh, this has been the Switch It Podcast on ESPNCrickInfo.com.